It's very nice to see you. So those are, wait, I was going to say there are two bikes in your background that I was curious about, but I believe that's in the show notes. That is in the show notes. That's what I said last time. Okay. (laughs) Did you listen to the last episode, Nick? No. Oh, that was the first thing Rob commented on last time. It was, it was titled WWDC. So (laughs) that's something I passed on. There was some pre follow up about bikes in the first 30 seconds of the show. And I said, we'll talk about them this week. Oh, okay. So are we, is this the episode? What are we doing? Okay. Episode 105. We're back. This is, this is a very shortened break schedule mike and i did a a little mini wwdc episode during the week during the middle of the week but uh we're back here and we're not going to talk well we might talk a little about apple but we're not going to focus on it and uh, nick you said you wanted to start the show off with something yeah so what's funny is you mentioned right off the top that man there's like nothing to talk about in the show notes we've been trying to cut down and and here we are we can really Mm -hmm. go in depth it's like and my reaction was yeah that's what happens when you cut out all the bullshit about cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> well, but much to your surprise, yeah, there's still there bullshit about cell there. phones. <laughs> well, wait, but, wait. I one, I wouldn't call it surprise. I would call it chagrin. Yep. <laughs> oh, yep. No, there it is. <laughs> but in this case, this case, it's a personal experience story. It's not. Here's the latest news and fancy shiny things. Hmm. Also, my lower third isn't working. So that's something. It rarely ever does. Yeah. I was going, I was going for a pun based on your lower thirds and well, here we are. I saw a joke on Twitter this week about, uh, they compared, I think they compared, uh, the UK leaving the European union as, and making it akin to running Linux in the desktop. Like, It seems like a good idea until you actually try it and then everything goes horribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And then you come crawling back to your (laughs) warm, comfortable windows. (laughs) Yeah. Except I have not done that. Uh, Also, the one thing I was going to say, like right off the hop, like why are we talking about not Brexit? Because that's just something we should be... Yeah, why are we why are we talking about anything but Brexit? Well, because it has no science or technology yeah. angle, doesn't that it? I, that I'm aware of. Political science is not science, Nick. All the <laughs> <laughs> well, I once heard social science described as a science so soft you could spread it on toast. <laughs> remains my favorite description ever. Um, uh, but no, there's a lot of like European space agency stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, no, there's, there's stuff hanging to in do the with, limbo. Yeah. UK, like scientists from the UK all like signed a petition and did a bunch of voicing of opinions before the vote. And now there's talk about what are they going to do about CERN? What are they going to do about all these international European collaborations? Uh, scientists are in dismay, but it's not really, it, I don't think since we don't really focus on that side of things too often that it came up. And I think that's why we haven't talked about it. Not that I wouldn't talk about it. If since we're talking about it now, mm. oh thank God! <laughs> the way the way I see it playing out is that the skilled, important people that are advantaged by UK being in the EU, it'll just be more bureaucracy for them, yeah, to work out their their arrangements. Whereas if someone just you know kind of 
freely decides to work in Germany just at a retail store, they're probably not going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, because you'd need, you know, visas and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, but scientists and, you know, business professionals or whatever, like chances are they'll just get visas like anyone else does if they want to work abroad. Yeah. It'll just be a lot harder. It's just uh, a lot harder. And yeah, I was going to say like, based on the scientists I know, I could definitely see them just heading out. Yeah. Just being on their like, own accord or out of necessity. Oh, and well, a little both. bit of both, really, because yeah. if you put up roadblocks or bureaucracy between scientists and their funding, they will just like peace out and go like, you know what? It's been great, but I'm an expert in this field and I will be more successful elsewhere. They will yeah. just hang on. The other chance, I guess, is that you'll have, going back to the UK-Germany example, that you'll just hire a German versus hiring someone from the UK because it's easier and cheaper. Yeah. There's all kinds of consequences that I don't think they really thought about in voting, or at least a lot of the people didn't. But the people who were in those situations voted to stay. That was the whole point. Of course they did, yeah. Right. Did we watch John Oliver's Brexit video, all of us? Yes. No. Okay, because it's... (laughs) he makes a very good point because a lot of it is backlash against refugees among older generations. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's like, I need to watch a video to know that he actually showed a video of this one lady, like just this sweet looking old lady, just sitting and knitting. It's like, no, I don't have a problem with most immigrants, but the one group I do have an issue with is the Negroes. And I have no idea why. It's like, it's like one of those, you know, I don't yeah. know if you've ever sat around a grandparent. They come out with something like this. Grandma, no. Wait, what century is this again? Well, no, if, if, if it's a grandma, then you can't blame them for having that mindset. Like you can blame yeah. them, but you can understand where they're coming from. Generation. Mm, I don't even know that. I know you're trying to take grandma's side, but I think you're, I think not, she's on the wrong side of history on this one. I think that's the no, best No, I'm not, I'm not trying to justify her position. No, I, I know. I'm Why trying do to you trying support to racism, it, Mike. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that those are the people that are like, they're, they're a product of their generation, generation, their time. They should be able to change or they should change, but you can't really expect them to. Right. It's almost like we need a, we have a minimum voting age. We need a maximum voting age. At yeah. which point your, your opinions might be less relevant than they were. Oh, that's a, I want to say that's a slippery slope. And that's, that's a totally fallacious line of reasoning. And well, yeah, the, oh, the uninformed. Man, just, by the way, you're no longer a citizen. So <laughs> what up? Get out. No. Okay. So what I'm saying is, as as validation like if you're not 18 or 21 or whatever the voting age is in your area you're considered not well enough informed to be like you're not an adult you're not you're not eligible to vote i don't think it's about being informed it's about having enough at stake to make your vote relevant right but so what what would people and this this theoretical age limit could be like it could be like an eyesight test for driving like it could be that kind of thing where it's literally you have to pass some sort of physical ability to do stuff thing. When, like when I was 16 and I really wanted to participate in the project or in the process, mm-hmm. I desperately wanted like a, you know, a civics test that you could yeah, write exactly. to be like, yes, this person is underage, but they are like well informed and yeah, let yeah. them vote. Yeah. 
if you had a system like that, yeah, maybe you could like with a little essay portion where someone's written in, I don't have problems with most immigrants, but, and then you can stop you right there. No vote. (laughs) It's like, okay, so maybe, maybe you go feed your kitties on election day. So, well, I feel like that type of arrangement turns into like a proletariat versus bourgeois like system. Maybe if the maybe if the proletariat wanted to advance, they shouldn't be so stupid. No, that, that that's the whole point. It's like you have this voting elite, right? That's making decisions for the country, whereas the people not quote unquote informed enough don't have a say. Right, and that's what happened here. That was well. What if what if you had have a, a say? That's why it worked out the way it did. What if you had it automatically from eighteen to sixty five, and mm. then and then outside that range, you had to write a test. That's yeah. still not going to work okay. based on the charter, but you know. Yeah, I'd be more okay with that. So here, here's the thing that I that that this makes me think of is like the you have to think about the average voter in this scenario, and the average voter is way, 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 way less informed than the average sixteen year old Nick. And at that point, something might be broken with of the all system. Nicks in the world that are 16. <laughs> There's a group of vo- voters that are very uninformed. And there was actually like this is the craziest thing during this Brexit referendum kind of lead up. There were people saying maybe we've had enough of these expert opinions and we should be forming our own opinions. And, and that was the sort of the thing of like. If these supposed experts are saying we should uh, stay, maybe we should leave just because just because they're experts. It's like the reaction from uh, climate change or to yeah. climate change in response to scientists all being on board yeah. with climate change being real. It's like, well, I don't know if we trust these fancy degrees. I think we should. And it's like, well, that you're using the opposite. Uh, no, you can't. Uh, it's really frustrating. I want to jump in and say that as I was. As you were talking there, I was resizing my window and I was making it smaller. And then you started pretending, no, you can't. And I was like, it's okay, Rob, I'm not closing the window. And then I realized that, you know, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's not at all. You don't know <laughs> what I'm happening. doing with the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard a quote somewhere that was paraphrased that everyone's biased. Mm-hmm. So you almost, you just need to accept that and find the bias that's, the least biased or the most reasonable bias like if you're getting information from somewhere other than firsthand experience is going to have a bias whether it's conscious or not whether it's unfair or not whatever so i think like that's just a reality that we're faced with especially in today's society where it's all very second third fourth eighth hand information yeah it's also all very filtered through social networks. Exactly. No, exactly. So it's you have echo chamber effects. You have networks that are get putting out content that have their own biases, even if the people reporting them don't. It's just, it's just so much that it's it's behind the scenes and you can't tell on just by reading it or watching it. So, and and that's why immediately after the Brexit vote, they're showing all these videos of people who are like, oh. I voted, but I didn't think that we were going to. I didn't want to. I blah, 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 I hate blah. that so much. But it's like, like, how many people actually felt that way? Because, you know, right. I was telling Rob offline, like, they could have mm, interviewed, yeah. like, a thousand people, and they picked the two people that had that stance. Yeah. 
So, but it makes it sound like that was the general consensus. They they found literally the stupidest people. Exactly. No, like interviewed those people could have been what happened. So I, I I just yeah, Kaya showed me one of those articles and I just kind of lost it a little bit. Yeah, we might have to have an all like an East meets West about this because. It's not super science and techie, but there are certain certain angles where science and, and technology are involved. And I I'll think, tell you where there's a lot of science and tech. It's in the stock market, and that is not doing well. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I feel like, like we talked about voting systems on the show already, didn't we? Yeah. About, about which? This? No, about voting systems. We did, yeah. 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 Uh, so a little bit. Yeah. We had a whole episode on it, didn't we? <laughs> But this isn't, this was like a yes, no. This was like, I, I was again on Twitter seeing that like this was the clearest referendum vote that has ever been made. It was like, oh yeah, yes or no on the ballot. Do you want to stay in the European Union? Do you want to leave the European Union? Like it was so clear what you were voting for. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it, it's kind of almost like the opposite of what Canada did last fall to get Harper out. It was like it was a political thing. Like, I don't care who I'm voting for. I don't care who the ruling person is, as long as it's not Stephen Harper. They're like, I don't care what the other effects of this are. I just want uh, the prime minister of England, UK. I don't know. I actually know what he's prime minister of to <laughs> the United to Kingdom of Great that, Britain and Northern Ireland. There you go. I, I want him to know that I am not happy with him because it was his referendum. He decided to do this. It was a political move and they wanted to say we're not okay with politics of the time, but they should have been voting in a general election or in some other – like this referendum was not the time to make a, a like political stance vote. Yeah. And this ended up happening because they did. Did they though? They did. That that was the main reason that they all did that. Like, I'm, And to a certain extent, it was also just the media, the, the labor and I guess – what would it, what was the other party? The independent party. They wanted to UKIP? leave. Yeah. Mm. They wanted out and they want, but they wanted to be in power in this new paradigm. And it's, it was all politics. There was no, there's no real strong sentiment among a majority of the UK to actually leave the EU. They just wanted different politicians in power. They just want to make Britain great again. Yeah. You know, I start on the show. <laughs> I kept saying that, but <laughs> all right. So East meets West immediately after, or you guys have places to be. <laughs> I have a place to be, but we can definitely work that out. Solid. Okay. We have lots of time before Mike the, too. The Mike's also here. Yeah. Mike seems all turned up about as turned yeah. up as I seem to be about cell phones. There you go. <laughs> So, Mike, do you uh, we we alluded to this or I alluded to this last episode at the very beginning. Um, You have bikes in the background uh, right behind you. Yes, do do tell. Yeah. What happened with uh, these bikes? Long story short, Maria wanted a bike and we didn't need a middle or even high end or even middle end bike. So there's a good sale at Sport Check and we got her a high end from there. Mike, Mike, Mike. Wait, Mike. let me finish. Okay, go on. <laughs> so that was that. We had, we at first went into pedal heads and they tried to sell us a $900 bike for her, which she doesn't need. That sounds great. It, it sounds great, but she doesn't need a $900 bike for That's what she wants. That's a solid entry level price for a bike. No, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. <laughs> okay. 
But for what she needs the bike for, she does not even need an entry level mm-hmm. high end bike. Okay. So we got her that. Then they had the men's frame version. And I was like, hmm. So I went and test drove some bikes at Bow Cycle, some Norcos, a Kona, a Cannondale. They all felt nice. They were light. They were fast. Went back to Sport Check, tested out the other bike. And I felt that the Sport Check bike, for what I need now, was good enough. Okay, so. And so, so justification. If I get enough into biking to the point where I would greatly benefit from a high-end bike, I, I will jump into the 900 to $1,200 price range and get myself a nice bike. Guys, oh, do you see was, a light? This is a very good tunnel? sale. Or is it just me? Okay, Mike. First of all, can we hear what the price of the bike you got was? And was, maybe some good things about it. It was $350 oh. on sale, okay. $100 off. Mm-hmm. So it's normally like 450 And it's aluminum. Mm-hmm. And it's got Shimano, quote-unquote Shimano components. I know that's a fairly gimmicky thing to say, but... Mm-hmm. No, no, Shimano's Shimano kind of, a good group set. Okay. So it's got Shimano components. Um, it is a hybrid, so it's got, you know, the narrow wheels that allow you to fly through the pavement effortlessly. The shifting could be better. And it mm-hmm. is, it is heavier Those for are the Shimano bike. components, though. <laughs> They're low end Shimano components. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what is the, what is the name of the components? Do you know? I had no idea. He does, I'm guessing Tiagra, maybe. He what went to sport check. He what does not know what kind yeah, of right. derailleur. I has. really want 105s. <laughs> something with a Shimano 105 group set. That would be amazing. I think they're up to 11 speeds now on the it 105. Says, it says Shimano Turney on it. Oh dear. Turney. I don't even <laughs> recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, Mike. Ultimately, from for, for Maria, Maria was never going to get a bike different than this mm-hmm. level because. She's just not into biking like that. For me, I could benefit from like a $900 bike, but... I would argue you could both benefit from a $900 bike. You may not appreciate the differences at this point, but you could both benefit. <laughs> Mike. Yes. I I need a call to reason here briefly. You, you right now, mm-hmm. having only seen this bike and test ridden others... No, I test drove this bike too. You know, I, I mean, sorry, you've, you've test-driven the group of bikes you've test-driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really just sincerely hope that this this experience doesn't put you off of biking because of the subpar, according to what Nick and I know, of getting, like, going to the next step up. Mm-hmm. I, I've had that bike before, and it okay, made my Rob- life relatively worse. My last bike before this was, so it was a sport check mountain bike, but it, mm-hmm. it was like the base base model mountain bike yeah. of from sport check. So it was like not you bought the worst it was $150 bike. mountain bike. So this is an upgrade for me. Yeah. Mike, it's just that and, we love you and we care about you and we don't want to see you throw your biking life away. Yep. I rode an hour and a half per day for an entire four months. And you could have done it in an hour with a better bike. No, exactly. That's my whole point. So with this one, 
I should be able to do that type of ride a lot easier. Maybe. So I will enjoy that. Okay. Well, it, we want to see have, you happy. So, do you have front shocks or are they just no. just a regular fork? No, just okay. forks. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm not stupid. Come on. <laughs> no, I. In a, in a simpler time, I was so excited about having shocks, and now. <laughs> So much energy was wasted in that time. I'm so glad to not be there. (laughs) There was, uh, I remember when I was younger and how I approached bikes. And then I actually taught some people around that age. Like, yeah, the shocks just make the ride so better, you know? And it's just like walk along and shake your head go, oh man. Yeah. Teenagers are so (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Yeah. So, Mike, you'll have to report back how the first few rides are, assuming you haven't, they've been sitting in that same spot, so I'm assuming you haven't taken them out on any kind of I've, trips, bike trips yet. I took them out with Emma, but okay. for all intents and purposes, that was just a coasting session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Nick, why don't you tell me about the future of Soylent, because apparently you're a beta tester now, is that is that what's happening? <laughs> no, I was actually on the Soylent subreddit not long okay. ago, and... Ah, uh, there was a question about, oh, you know, the texture on 1.5 is kind of grainy. And so the obvious answer, of course, is just, you know, either blend it up super well or let it chill for about four hours. Yeah. And so I headed to the comments to just see that it was there. And a couple of the comments were like, oh, well, if you just if you just wait, you can order some 1.6. And I went, so, so what? <laughs> what and i just got the notification that my next box of 1.5 was shipping and now 1.6 is coming out well 1.6 is coming but there's no like it's starting to ship within a week or something like that apparently i just horribly horribly timed that one well you didn't horribly time it you i horribly how could you have known I could have I could have read the Soylent blog every single day waiting yeah. for an update I didn't know was I coming. Guess. But is that is that update going to address graininess? Like uh, yeah, texture, flavor, it changes how, the macronu the macronutrient balance to that of Soylent 2.0. Okay. Cuz I I really like 2.0. But for the long Everyone time, likes 2.0. Apparently it's very popular. Yeah. I ordered 1.5 back in February. I ordered 1.5 and I ordered 2.0 at the same time thinking, okay, if I don't like 2.0, I'll still have the old stuff. And for the next seven weeks, because that's approximately how long it takes me to have it just at lunch. I was just like, God, this is annoying. I wish I just had the the 2.0 right now. Yeah. And I don't know, 1.6, it intrigues me, but not having to mix things makes it life way easier. And now I can subscribe. So when I need more, I don't have to deal with trying to figure out timing. I just hit like need more now every two mm. weeks or so. Yeah. It's wonderful. I'd see that. I still think we would need for our purposes, we would need, uh, you know, what's it? Something more like the powder because Kaya tends to drink in non-standard amounts. Right. Yeah. And and that's the only downside I've had so far is that if you if you're hungrier than one 
bottle, you have to either go into a second or get something else. Yeah. Yeah. And she's her problem problem (laughs) is that she usually has it for breakfast and she might drink 250 kcals worth. Okay. Usually it's closer to 200 and then we have like odd amounts left at the bottom of the bottle. And I, I announce how terrible it is and she laughs and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Yeah. that's how that goes. But so 1.6, it's coming. It's, it it sounds tasty and I'm really excited for it because, because honestly I keep drinking the neutral soylent 1.5 and go, man, I really want to know what the one point or the 2.0 tastes like, but I don't want to shell out for that much Soylent 2.0. It's really not that bad. Like it's relatively affordable. I suppose but, compared to the price of McDoubles, it's probably reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> well, McDoubles are the worst possible example because that's like the most nutrient dense, cheap food you can get. Touche. Nutrient dense, protein dense. Well. Calorie dense. <laughs> yeah. Protein slash calorie dense. Yeah. Yeah. Also, have we talked on the actual show about the ordering robots or kiosks that are no, now at uh, TD Cor- or Scotia Center McDonald's? They're they are like, there. They are wonderful. I have not spoken to. No, I've spoken to them because <laughs> they're human beings, but I haven't ordered from a human being since the kiosks started up Hmm. and it's great because i guess nobody comes in from the back so i'm always just like (laughs) i notice you're snickering a little bit (laughs) raising Raising? okay all right (laughs) yeah so everyone's all about coming in coming in the front and nobody wants to come in the back so that's what i do and then <laughs> kiosks right there. There's no line. <laughs> huh. I can't, I've never, I can't I've do it. I've never been to a McDonald's where that, where they had the robot kiosk. Well, in fairness, Kathleen Wynn hasn't put in a $15 an hour minimum wage. That's true. <laughs> We're at 10 something. According to McDonald's, the kiosks have actually require more staff. But I, I feel that's temporary. Yeah, there there are definitely people standing there beside the kiosk trying to help you. <laughs> like they're just working themselves out of a job, really. Yeah. Well, no, because it's like the it's, Facebook. It's like the Facebook. Uh, the suggested articles people. They're just training an algorithm. Well, same with the Uber drivers. They're training future yeah. driverless Uber. Exactly. No, there's um. Oh, what is it? Like there, there actually seems to be the same number of staff around. They're just all behind the counter working on orders now, which is what I would rather have. Oh yeah. I would rather just say, yes, please make this order for me. And then you have like a bunch of people working on it instead of people standing there wasting their time taking orders when you could just do it yourself. Yeah. I think Subway could also benefit from this system too, because a lot of the time is spent communicating to people. Right. If I could just pre-program an order and then just walk up, punch in a number or something. And and I get the same thing every single time, too. So yeah, it's not like yeah. it changes that much. Yeah. It's just every single time. Okay, so tomato. No, no, no lettuce. No lettuce. Spinach. Yeah. Tomato. <laughs> yeah. So 
Soylent, you'll have to let us know how long how long does a box typically last you, Nick? Uh, I'm on a monthly subscription. Okay. And that's like that's about the time frame or no, it's one box per month because they're they're all monthly subscriptions. Yeah. But um one box really it lasts a little longer than a month. So I'm okay having like a little stockpile. Right. Because sometimes we just go through a bunch or I'm super busy, so I'm just eating soylent. Yeah. Or we really need to go grocery shopping and I'm <laughs> eating a lot of soylent. But yeah. The really yeah. nice thing about the subscription that I didn't know until I started one was that you can just pause it whenever you want. And really the only right. thing that changes is you get a discount on anything you get. Yeah. Which is nice. I'm totally yeah. happy being a subscriber that way. Yeah. So the last piece of follow-up we have here, because amazingly we're still in follow-up, is that uh, there's a there's a place, another place in the U.S., Missouri, that it has put some power generation stuff, some technology into its roads, and or at least it's it's received a grant to do so. Um, a couple of seven hundred fifty thousand dollar research grants from the Department of Transportation in the U.S. and uh, a starting hundred thousand dollar grant from the Federal Highway Administration to build a prototype of this road. Uh, I, like it's very intrigued. So they they're installing solar panels into the roadway for at least part of a thing as a as a startup project are these uh, the solar freaking roadways i don't know Th- these are from a, a company called solar roadways is that is that the one is it is it the same project i i don't know okay well, we know the video remember. we're talking about right yeah okay so basically it's apparently safety glass that's very strong and they just put it into the road and it generates electricity. So Nick, I'm I'm curious what you think about this having, having not talked about it in a year or two. Ah, I think it sounds like a technologically challenging project, but such is the nature of future advancements. Right. Saying, I'm so glad someone's experimenting with it. Yeah. Making a roadway out of glass is tricky because sharp and expensive. But yeah, when it when it fails catastrophically and is sharp when that happens, it makes it tricky for tires. But yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because you do see on paved roads, you see like where, where a lot of trucks drive, you tend to see like those wheel ruts just four along and like it's very deformed so i'm I'm curious to see how glass would stand up to like an 18 wheeler on it but apparently this one at least is modular so you don't have to kind of replace an entire road area you can just swap out a broken piece that does sound like solar freaking roadways yeah and the like it's led lit as opposed to having painted on lines yep yep that sounds it sounds so accurate it seems like what has happened and I wasn't sure, but I guess that's the case is that these, uh, a legislator has seen the YouTube video yeah. and, <laughs> and said, all right, let's give him some money. Let's try it. <laughs> Solar freaking roadways. It is. Wait, no, I'm a legislator. We'll <laughs> drop the word freaking. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very curious to see, uh, to see how this works. First of all, in kind of in practice on, on roads when they actually have kind of a, a large amount of money to work with or not, not large, but for at least for the start, um, I'm curious to see how it holds up to winter. I'm curious to see how it holds up to weather like rain and, and 
all that. Uh, Missouri, because Missouri <laughs> rain and etc. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm most worried about traction, especially yeah. when it's wet. Yeah. And I guess the idea is they're saying that you can just replace them in a modular way. Yeah. But like they're supposed to be tractioned, like they have whatever yeah material look, it or it looks like a hexagon pattern on it. Yeah, and I'm assuming some sort of like not dimpling, but right kind of sandpapery type yeah. thing. Something but that's gonna textured. polish up real nice. <laughs> so I, I I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'm very curious to see how it goes because it seems like such a great idea, like such an untapped idea. Like we're talking, we talked about putting solar panels on rooftops, uh, which is a thing that happens, but we always talked about like painting, um, just roofs white to increase reflectivity of the surface of the earth. That's for climate change. But like, there are all these kind of large scale landscape things where there's a bunch of flat, like surface that's exposed to the sun and we're trying to come up with creative ways to use it. But yeah, traction seems like an issue. But like traction, it just has to be as good or better as asphalt. And that has some pretty serious downsides when it comes to traction too. So, Does it? Yes. It's In what way? Have you ever listened to Carrie Underwood? <laughs> if you go and listen to Jesus Take the Wheel, that is a cautionary tale <laughs> against the, the high coefficient of friction of some roadways. Low coefficient of friction? Sure, yeah, low. You're right. Um Jesus yeah. take the wheel. Low I, I pictured hi- the coefficient of friction. <laughs> I should have known to use solar roadways. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing the melody here, but but I appreciate what you guys are doing. So do you guys want to get to an actual topic? Oh, but this is so do. much fun. <laughs> my uh, my topic of the week that I think I need to lead off with, regardless of what any anybody else thinks right now, is that uh, so who of us is applying to be an astronaut? Because I know I am. I have learned that I am unfit for military service, so I'm pretty sure they're going to be the Canadian astronaut. That's not happening for me. I yeah. because of your hip. Yeah, a major surgery, it disqualifies you from service. Major service does not disqualify you from astronauting. I'll tell you that. Oh, right that's now. right. There's no gravity, so it shouldn't matter, right? Well, you're also not you're not in active military duty when you're an astronaut, at least here. I don't know about how the States works, but... My, my eyesight know. isn't good enough, probably. It's 2020, and it's a, 2020 or better, but you're allowed to have it have be corrected to that level. Oh, then what's the wow. deal? What's the issue then? Yeah. Why even exactly. have that qualification? Because people can yeah, have their vision be uncorrectable to 2020. Like if you're. Uh, that's, yeah, that's fair. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. The Basically the only downside, the only reason that anyone who is a self-respecting scientist that has, I guess, a death wish would not apply is because the application is so freaking long. It is, as you'd expect. I mean, that's fine. I'm not complaining. Well, I mean, yeah, you want to screen out the four-year-olds. Yeah. The uh, the the, re- the only real qualifications are there's a height limit, like a height top and bottom. There's a weight top and bottom. Vision has to be corrected. And they're actually, for the first time, accepting uh, if you've had LASIK, 
vision correction, you're still able to qualify. Uh, it, it, this launched, I think this week, beginning of this week or maybe last week. And the deadline's August 15th. I encourage anyone who is thinking about it to at least, I know I'm going to apply no matter what happens. Like I'm going to find some time this summer and finish that application. Uh, they're taking two, the Canadian space agency is taking two astronauts. And why would I not want to be a part of that history? That sounds so amazing. You guys don't share my excitement about it. I'm looking up the, uh, I was looking up the, um, weight requirements. I think it's around 150 or 140 to 200 or something. It's wow. The weight is between 50 kilos and 95 kilos. And that's a pretty generous range. It is. Yeah. I'm just seeing Apollo 13 and the Martian playing over my head. The Martian is a success story. Nobody died. Also, I want to say I watched the Martian last night. So that wasn't a spoiler for me. There you go. Finally, (laughs) I, I was so proud of him with the poop potatoes. Yeah. But Rob, also potatoes because Irish. Yeah. Rob, are you confident in being Matt Damon? I would get skilled in botany in case that happened. Yes. You don't even have to be skilled in botany. Just potatoes, man. I wouldn't. I'm not skilled in potatoes yet. Were you a university student? I was, but I did not ever eat potatoes. Oh, man. I would go for like weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. Just potatoes and some milk. (laughs) Oh, it was great. Yeah. Cereal uh, style. Sorry? Cereal style. Well, you call them mashed potatoes usually. Chopped up potatoes in a bowl of milk. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's what, so, there were times when I just bake a whole tray of them all at once and just eat them like apples through the day. <laughs> Literally like Matt Damon. Yep. Uh, yeah, but they'd cooled off for me so I could just, you know, right. munch on them. Some mm. sharp cheddar with them. Oh, that's yeah. I actually did that mm. last night. We bowled up a bunch of those mini potatoes and watched and ate them while we were watching the soccer game. Oh, the little boiled potatoes are yeah. great. Especially those the ones so that have the blue potatoes. That's what we got. Yeah, the blue ones. Like the the mixed ones, the tricolor. Like the ones that are actually blue on the inside too? Oh no, not on the inside. Oh, okay. The Do ones that are those? blue on the inside. Yeah. Oh. The I think the little potato company sells them or something like that. Oh, blue potatoes are the best. They don't even taste that different. It's no. just you look at them and like, wow, it's blue. <laughs> and like with anything called blue botanically in the edible range, it's like, yeah, this is actually more like a purple, but yeah, sure, blue. Yeah. I don't think I could be an astronaut. It's the uh, blood pressure. Okay. I frequently have very high blood pressure. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. The there's a thing right at the very end of the article that says basically like space exploration interest is at an all time high, maybe not eclipsing the 60s, late 60s in the US. But apparently the US, when they did their recent drive, received over 18,000 applications. Wow. And they're generally choosing a handful of people. That's good, though, because you want. You want the best and brightest to be your astronauts. So the yeah. bigger. Oh, yeah. These, these are all cast. good things. It's just facts. Also, they I didn't realize education was so specific. 
Like, you're not going with a BA. No. Yeah, you're going to be conducting science experiments and all that. Even though, even though an astronaut is on record as having said they should have sent a poet. <laughs> yeah. That's what pictures are for, I guess. Well, that's neat. They're, they're, they're talking about a year of exams, interviews, and a battery of physical and mental fitness tests. And they also just, they describe the fitness tests and I guess maybe the physical, physical and mental ones. This is a direct quote. They bring you to your knees. They bring you to your absolute limit. Every test is an ultimate challenge of what you can give. And then once you've had enough and you're exhausted, then the test begins. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know what that is. I want to know. I that sounds like that. a CrossFit ad piece. It does. It's, yeah, it really does. <laughs> I don't know. Have you, <clears throat> have you seen what they do to hockey players like at the scouting combines? No. I remember there was a Leafs prospect from a few years ago and they were he had just gotten out of one of the tests and he's talking to the inter- or the reporters. And he's like, I just, sorry, sorry. I need to go throw up and just <laughs> goes over to the garbage can, just loses everything. Yeah. It's yeah. apparently it's quite stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I kind of feel like this, this, um, what's his name? Uh, Chris Jeremy Hansen, one of the current, the, one of the last two that was chosen said uh he was convinced he could do the job but thought statistically real- realistically there's no way they were going to pick me he sounds perfect based on the requirements yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh so I, i'm really excited and and i'll i'll have to keep you guys filled in on my progress because they're using like a very standard government application process oh but it's very long the the questionnaire portion is is insanely i didn't even count the questions because it was like it's like 40 pages of questions it's crazy wow that is a lot of questions again what you what you'd want but it's a lot yeah but i mean the government hiring processes are just terrible yeah yeah they're insufferable (laughs) yep mike would you you didn't answer i assume you would not want to be an astronaut currently you know as a person i would but Mm -hmm. circumstantially i wouldn't now Say, let's roll back 15 years, 10 to 15 years. Would you? Would you oh, yeah, have? For or sure. was there ever a moment yeah, when you would have? I'd have no reason not to want to. Okay. Yeah. I still, I still would. I have heard great things about Chris Hadfield and his wife's experiences with him being an astronaut. Like he was in, I believe he was in the military and he flew fighter pilots. So, uh, flew fighter jets. So he was he gone for stretches of time. Before he was a fighter, <laughs> like pilot. a chauffeur, he like <laughs> hops on their back, go, go, go. Yeah. So he apparently it's not the end. Like especially now, it's not the end of the world with the internet. You know, you can just talk to anyone. You just Skype up to the uh, ISS, and good to go. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it necessarily until I'm dead. Like I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want to go on a one way mission. But if they were recruiting for that, I would. I would probably be pretty easily convinced to try. You would one way, as potatoes. in, like we're sending you out there, and you're gonna die doing it. Well, not necessarily you're gonna die, but like this mission is going to take so long that the next generation will be finishing the mission. Assuming that you survive, like obviously you can die in space; it's very easy. But that's the kind of thing. Like if they said we're gonna go, we're gonna go as long as it takes. We have this huge spaceship. We're gonna go to Alpha Centauri. 
this is going to be at least a 17,000 year mission. Like I would go on that mission. I would try. I see. Personally, again, circumstantially, if it actually came up, that'd be something I really have to think about. But right now I can say with confidence that that would be amazing. So Nick. Yes. Um, you want to talk about, you often talk about fluff. <laughs> Why is this story that you have here in the notes? Because the World Health Organization has dropped coffee's status as a possible carcinogen. Mm-hmm. Already? The world's greatest addiction is even better. <laughs> it's not even worse, I would say, more than let's, it's being better. Let's recap, though, because it seems like it was only a couple weeks ago that it was added to the list. Uh, apparently, a couple weeks ago is 25 years ago. And the WHO uh, said it might lead to bladder cancer. Now, having spoken with someone who's worked on cancer research, I think there's like some of the classifications are just goofy. It's like yeah. Yeah. this hasn't been ruled out to cause cancer. So it's like, I don't know, you know, that's like everything, though. <clears throat> Except mm-hmm. coffee, which has been ruled out. <laughs> so you're probably, yeah, you're probably safest drinking coffee than anything else. You yeah, know, they they reviewed, I think it's over a thousand studies or something like that, and found that <laughs> found that it just what? Where's the quote? A group of 23 scientists convened by the IARC concluded, quote, that there was inadequate evidence for the carcinogenicity of coffee drinking overall. Nick, I love this report from the Wall Street Journal um, because they go through this whole thing about coffee and how great it is and how it doesn't cause cancer. And then it goes on to say that drinking very hot beverages is probably carcinogenic now. So they're saying let your coffee cool down. Before and I hate it. drinking hot coffee. So this is perfect. Like when they hand it to me, it's still really hot. It's like, yeah, but I don't like this. Yeah. And so once it cools off, it's quite nice. I don't understand the people who can just like grab a fresh cup of tea and just down the thing. Yeah, it, it doesn't seems make just sense. needlessly painful. Yeah. Guys, hold the phone. There's a quote in here that says, larger and more well-designed studies now suggest the opposite. It may be protective for some cancers. And that Even was also, better. that was in past articles too. Like every article that comes out either says, this study says you get cancer. This study says you don't get cancer. This study says you're actually protected from cancers. Like those are the three things that every study comes out and says about every food or thing you come in contact with. Yeah, but this is a large review. Yeah, ew, it's like yeah this I'm is not actual good science. This isn't less valid than any of the other results. It is not necessarily more valid, but it is another piece of evidence saying that it's not going to cause cancer. Yeah. And Rob, you might consider taking up coffee drinking. Your prostate will thank you. I won't. But I will look into other things that will protect my prostate. Please do. Okay. Thank you for taking such such an interest in my prostate. It's a killer. <laughs> it is. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm not a coffee person. I 
just finished my coffee from this morning. So I'm I'm pretty happy about it, to yeah. be honest. Feeling protected? Very much so. Mm-hmm. I'm it. I'm just glad I didn't pull the pin when they say coffee was carcinogenic. <laughs> I just, 25 I just years ago? Trucking on. I, was there not something a couple weeks ago that it was circulating around Facebook that said Facebook that says coffee causes cancer? Oh, well if you're using facebook as a source yeah then probably I'm using it as a source i was just aware of it popping up on my feet i'm like why am i seeing this is this it, new it depends on who you have on facebook and what kind of person and what quantity yep yeah that's a story for another time because oh my you because can follow the wrong people let's all get the very best people onto google plus and <laughs> No, not Google Plus. We're off the Google Plus train. Well, we're using Who's Google. we? <laughs> we? I don't know. Society? Yeah, I uh, I don't know what's next, but it, I don't think it's Google Plus. I don't think Google thinks it's Google Plus. I Twitter. still love Google Plus and It's fine. Yeah. I still love it if people used it, but if they don't then it's worthless. Google's going to buy Twitter. That'd be cool. <sighs> I'd be fine with that. They're already integrating uh, tweets directly into their searches, their search results. I don't like Twitter. I like Snapchat. I was trying to explain Snapchat to some millennials this uh Wait, you are saying it to millennials? That doesn't yeah. sound right. That doesn't sound right. Okay, people slightly older than me and I'm considered a millennial, so Oh, so they're not they're okay. non-millennials then. No, but they're like one or two years older than me. They're still considered millennials. No. Yes. They're Gen Xers. What? No. They're literally like I went to school with them. They're my compatriots and I'm a millennial. So they're millennials. When you say millennials, that's like the 20 year olds of today. Well, then are you you're saying I'm not a millennial? No, I don't. I I would. I think millennials are like 18 to 25 or 18 to 35 right now. It shouldn't be that way, though. (laughs) You want to. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, There's, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Old they, uh I'm not sure they saw the appeal, but I also, like, I was showing them the the stories of people that had posted recently, and they were like, why would I want to look at, why would I look at, want to look at what people are doing right now? Like, who cares? And I was just sitting there thinking, <laughs> have you been on any social network? That's all it is. I don't I, think, yeah. I think you might be. I think the phrase you want is I was explaining social media to some antisocial people. Yeah. It, it seems like that. I mean, Amon, friend of the show, was one of the people. Oh, Amon's a total what? Yeah, don't even get into that. And uh, Amon was telling us about his phone plan, which has um, unlimited text messages. So he loves SMS. He's frequently <laughs> endorsing SMS as the future of messaging. Uh, it has no data and it has 20 minutes a month. Plus unlimited weekends after 9 p.m. Not even unlimited evenings? No. <laughs> so How much is this plan? It's $20. Uh, okay. Okay, but, this is a perfect segue into what I want to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But ju- just to say, Snapchat's amazing. So yeah. to, to continue on Rob's explanation of phone plans, recently... Our tethering ability has gone away. Yeah. Oh, no. To our phones. We used to be able to, but, and Maria actually used it for work. So we lost it. So she quickly needed a, a solution. 
So we ended up going out to get a internet hotspot. Okay. And looking at the different options, we realized or found that Fido's the graded or graduated kind of payment option for 15 bucks for one gig, 25 for three, 35 for five was kind of the best value out there. And okay. it worked because they gave us a 10% discount because it's a second line because we're already with Fido. So we got that. And then I was curious to see if we could, and because this hotspot took a SIM card, I wanted to see if we could just throw our phones SIM in there. And sure enough, it, it worked perfectly. Yeah. So then we're like, okay, can we make this work by just swapping, like keeping the hotspot because we bought it outright and keep, and just swapping the SIM in and out of the the phone and the hotspot whenever we needed to use a hotspot which again would work in theory but then when you try to call her phone when the sim was in the hotspot all phone calls would go directly to voicemail and at first we saw that there was no ability to receive sms messages because a lot of her her work compatriots again used sms uh like just religiously because that's apparently all that exists out there for messaging um, Honestly, having coworkers that know about SMS is pretty great. Is it? I, I'd rather they know about like. Listen, I get it. You work with smart people, messaging. and I'm very happy for you. But that is not the majority of people out there. What do people well, use? What do you mean? I can't just phone you. Can <laughs> I send you a fax? <laughs> people don't actually ask that. Rob, would you like to pipe in working in a government office? I have not heard the word fax or facsimile in quite some time because... Really? They don't have fax machines now. They have all-in-one things that can send faxes, but it's still new technology. And so nobody who would send a fax could send a fax through that. (laughs) That's great. I I had uh, at least a couple applications recently. Or at least one recently where the only way to get it to them was via fax. Wow. That's that's just for like security though. People use Is that it? for. Yeah. Like Is government it? government forms, like I've had to send a fax before to a government I can't remember what it was for, but something with the government. And it was because in theory fax machines are more secure, like like sending it over the phone lines versus interneting. You mean because nobody is there? Like it's security by obscurity because nobody sends faxes? (laughs) Because no one has ever tapped a phone line. Yeah, no one's ever. But that's the thing. You have to be like specifically targeted. You can't just put like. I mean, it's security by obscurity. I guess. If if your line was being tapped, sending a fax would be completely insecure. Right. Right. I would argue that uploading it to a secure website would be way more secure than. By right. fax, except that fa- nobody uses fax. So anyway, back to my long story that I was hoping would be short, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> um, so we're, we were looking at different options and we're like, okay, well, maybe we'll just open up a second voice line. Like that's just voice and text to be basically dedicated for work stuff for when she's using her data sim in the hotspot. And that's where I started looking at what plan options were out there for someone who literally just wants voice and text. And there isn't a whole lot out there for like a reasonable price. The cheapest you could find is like a $25 per month plan that was unlimited texts and then like a hundred minutes. Yeah. But other than that, like you can do prepaid, but even then is like 
15 bucks a month every month. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's unfortunate that they make it so hard, especially say like with Fido, like we're already with Fido and I'd like for it to be easy to just say, Hey, we want, you know, just a simple voice line and it's like five bucks a month or something. Yeah. Just in light of us already having services. Except that the connection to the network from the phone is what theoretically they say costs the money. And so typically what I've seen is like a $10 a month kind of networking fee covers that. But then anything above that is for services. But the 10, 10, like if you, if you look at plans, the point where a plan crosses the X axis, no, where it crosses the Y axis is $10 approximately. Right. Like that's the base fee for just getting on the network. Right. And not that that's great, but you're, cause you're already buying so many services, but yeah. Um, I, I was, I forget if I actually posted this, but, uh, there is a tweet from, I'll call him friend of the show, Daniel Bader, uh, <laughs> who's, uh, at mobile nations. He, uh, <laughs> he posted that there's new Telus plans and I went and checked them out. Now Telus offers a share plan that goes up to 40 gigabytes a month. And it's about the same price as, as uh, Rogers is 30 gigabyte plan a month. So that's, that's the best per gigabyte dollar amount that right. I've seen so far. It's like how much is that dollars a month for 40 gigs? Sorry, how much? About 250 a month. 250. Just, it's still not great at considering the amount of cost, but per gigabyte, it's a lot cheaper than, than other plans. Yeah. If you have like four or five people that are sharing it, then it's yeah. pretty good. I would get a four gigabyte plan or sorry, 40 gigabyte and think that I'm probably safe. I don't think I've ever crossed 40, (laughs) but if I had, who knows if I had LTE and I could upload LTE, I might go over 40. Okay. Rob, when does your billing period start? What day of the month? The 10th. Okay. We need to do this challenge. I'm not going to do the challenge. I want to try because I'm curious because when I, when I put, I put the LTE SIM that came with the hotspot into my phone. Yeah. And it could still receive calls. Like it still has a phone number. Yes, it so, does. So in theory, I could get like one of these iPad plans and use it as my phone plan. Yes. And just pay I, as you go. I have go. that in my Android phone right yeah. now. I have that right. SIM. So like, because we have talked about before, like we want data only plans. Like they have data only plans. And they're still expensive. They're not cheaper. Well, 35 bucks for five gigs. That's not horrible. I, I don't want a data only plan. <laughs> I want a data only plan. Nick, I want people to not be able to reach me by phone or text. Nick, what do you need non data for? Talking to my parents and loved ones. That's what Hangouts dialers for or any <laughs> yeah. other voice over LTE system. Or messenger now supports or messenger calls. or whatever, like, or WhatsApp, right? Like, no, I'm okay. serious. Like this is where cell phones I hopefully are going. Yeah. Just imagine. My so Nick what I did in first ish year was basically as soon as it became a viable thing I said, "Okay, mom, dad, don't call me. I will not answer. Use this instead." And then like since then it's been smooth sailing. My mom has actually learned a ton. Like she is she's more modern than amon is by a, no, by a I, I, I remember i remember rob yeah what you're you're 
workflow was. Great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you have now settled. Are you kind of settled or you want to do this? So, oh, yes. Anyway, so to finish the story. So the the hotspot has a web interface to configure it and whatnot. And it actually has the ability to send and receive SMS messages through this web interface. On Fido? Just through the ZTE hotspot, like the, the actual products interesting device page yeah so it's because it it uses whichever like i looked into a bit more and like sms the way it does is it sends it from your phone number to this other phone number and then that phone number sends it to the phone number you want to send the message to like it all kind of goes relays it's kind of yeah right yeah so this web interface it just reads from the sim what number sms messages go to and it sends it from whatever other server right that zte hosts but does so if you use the hotspot, does yeah. it charge you per text? Like, does that count towards your plan? It's unlimited either way, but I I don't know. Wait, that, I thought you said it was a data only. Okay, so we're using her phone sim in the hotspot when we're doing oh, this. Oh, okay, okay. So it's sending it from her phone number, right? And and so the only other thing is the missed calls, but then you can check the the text that you get when a phone message yeah. is left and yeah. then she and so as long as she's checking that every so often then she's fine right so we we've, we found a workaround so we're able to we're, we're going to cancel the, the actual data plan and right. just keep the hotspot and swap the sim in and out nice so that that's our couple day endeavor to find a yeah. plan but yeah it was painful trying to find a plan that was like that that was flexible where it's, you know either had like unlimited incoming calls because we were looking at call forwarding where if someone tried to call her number it would forward to this other number yeah and then she could pick up from there and then texts she kind of have to work around or use a hotspot for for sending text back and forth or whatever but yeah yeah it's it was more of a hassle than I would have liked to have been sure of course as it has to be yeah. Okay, well, in that case, uh, if we have nothing else to say, I guess we can wrap for this week. I will thank you. Didn't want to talk about banking? No, we could talk about that later. It's it's been approximately an hour, and we're oh, okay. That Um, I do. I I switched banks. Spoiler alert, and we will talk about it at some point, but (gasps) we don't have to talk about it yet. so thank you for listening to this week's episode of Future Chat. You can head to unwindmedia.com slash futurechat to see past episodes of the show. Much more. You can see uh, Mike and my recent chat about WWDC. And you can also see my video review slash discussion of cheap Android tablet that I have sitting in front of me still. Uh, yeah. I'll talk to you guys next week. Ciao. Toodaloo. Uh, I moved my non-virtual banking to rbc which is basically like just the place i'll deposit money physically Mm -hmm. and uh tangerine is my where all my money is now i want to do i want to do that i really want to switch to tangerine but they don't have an e-trading platform so i think i'm going to stick with scotia for the time being on that they have investing but yeah that, yeah, but it's with their funds, and I right. Yeah, their 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 management expense ratio is like one percent. It's like, okay. or fuck yourself because <laughs> <laughs> they they could also, um, 
You you could also open Tangerine and bank with them. Like Scotiabank owns Tangerine. So yeah. you just open an account and save money there, but trade with Scotiabank. Like your ATM well, would be the same physical location. Basically, yeah, uh, totally because <laughs> it's on the same network. But yeah. um, what I want, what I would probably do is switch all my banking over to Tangerine, but keep my TFSA with yeah. Scotia. Yeah. I moved my TFSA. All my TFSA stuff is in Tangerine because it gets 0.8% interest. So right now it gets it gets like 2.4% for the first yeah, six months. For new deposits. Yeah. And that would be great if I had any money at all in my <laughs> TFSA. Yeah. So Rob, what do you have with RBC? I have basically the products needed to not pay any monthly fees like that was the thing that i was trying to avoid is no monthly no uh limited no sorry minimum balance and no monthly fees so why are you still between two banks though that's what i mean uh rbc was it's a way to hedge against going virtual only because tangerine there's some things you just can't like if i wanted to deposit cash in to a bank Mm-hmm. I can do that as an RBC a Scotia right Bank ATM, as opposed to having to necessarily find a Scotia Bank because they're not nearly as broad here. There's not nearly as many. Oh, really? There's a lot of Scotia Banks here. Where are you, Ontario? Like I'm. Thanks, I Rob. Live, no, you're like no, because like I remember there were Scotia Bank ATMs all over campus, all over downtown. You're right. So, okay, here's here's the the long story of what happened i was dissatisfied with td apple pay launched on rbc on the first time it came to canada with visa and i really wanted to use apple pay and then i started looking hard at switching banks to rbc this is at at that point i wasn't really using tangerine that much i had money in there but i wasn't i wasn't as uh, quote-unquote trusting it and so i made, made the decision to go to rbc and then when I started looking into that, I was like, hey, maybe I could just put my money in Tangerine and maybe this will work. But I had already started the process of opening the RBC accounts. And I liked the fact like they have free e-transfers and they have pretty good rates for stuff. And they're like, I can basically have no fee banking there. So I left it. But at the at that point i was like okay well i don't want td because i if i have a td checking account it's going to cost me money or i'm going to have to keep money in a no interest checking account and i didn't want to do either of those things so i decided to close the td stuff but keep the rbc stuff because why not i'm not paying any money for it and but most of my money is is in tangerine i'm just going to use rbc for like fast e-transfers right i the banks drive me nuts. Yep. Like I remember being in a Scotia bank and they go to, so, uh, we noticed you had some, uh, transaction fees on your one account there a couple months ago. And it's like, yeah, I did. I made more <laughs> than three transactions in a month. So yeah, you charge me like a buck or something. They're like, yeah. Have you ever considered switching over to, uh, to this account? It gives you this many transactions a month, a month for this amount of money a month. And I looked at it. I was like, that's more. <laughs> no, no, like, so they, sorry, I had, they had charged me like two bucks maybe that yeah. month. And this other account was going to be a dollar a month or something like that. Yeah. Some nominal fee. And I went, yeah, but if you look past my past or if you look at my past six months, I would 
like I haven't paid a fee yeah. in five of those months. So I'm still further ahead with this account. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's a fair point. It's like, <laughs> I know it's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's literally the same conversation I have with Telus every month. Well, not every month, yeah. every three months, because we have <clears throat> overages for our data cap. And every time I go over, it's like, oh, we noticed you went over. Have you considered switching? It's like, but the other months I didn't. So yeah. I'm still okay. They're like, <laughs> well, there, oh, there are people who that would jump at that because yeah. they there are. want the predictability. But there's, I don't know, like, uh, a friend of mine is getting hired by Tangerine to, like, implement some of their tech stuff mm-hmm. at the branch they have down here. They call their okay. branches cafes. Yeah, they do. There was no coffee. <laughs> I was like, there was a coffee maker in the corner, but I felt bad about asking for a coffee because <laughs> there was also three of them and one of me in the entire bank at that time. And I was like, so you call this a cafe. I was like, do you have like, is there a pitch you can give? Like, what do you do here? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's all online. I can set you up for an account and just give you a card if you want. I went, no, I'm okay for now. You should, you should do that. It's, it's really good. I'm, I'm endorsing it. I really want to do it. I also have to, I have to make sure that my student loan can go through Tangerine. Yeah. Cause that's also a thing. <sighs> you'll, you'll find a link to uh, my orange key in the notes for this week. <laughs> because why not what's your orange key uh it's the number that you use to get a 50 dollars referral it's like a Ooh. an alphanumeric code okay you get you get 50 bucks i get 50 bucks everyone shakes hands and hugs. oh we and, all get 50 bucks yeah i want 50 bucks sweet does there. rob does the person above you also get 50 bucks no it is not a pyramid scheme <laughs> <laughs> I bet they'll get some amount, some amount of money from me over the course of my lifetime greater than $50. Yeah. This is my assumption. I have never paid any fee for Tangerine ever. 